It's reading aloud. Hey! We had a book club last week, but there's no book club today. But we're talking to someone who wrote a book, so it's similar in that fashion. Uh, my name is Nate Cordray. I host the show. Thanks so much for showing up. Um, we had a wonderful book club. I want to thank, again, all the folks that showed up, that read the book and did their homework and came in with a point of view. Um, Allison Becker and Susanna Fogel and Lindsay Kraft and Zandi Hardig, they all came in and read the book. And we had a really fun uh, spirited, thoughtful discussion um, on Lauren Groff's Fates and Furies, uh, which I think was just recently nominated for for a major award, and I'm forgetting what it was. Uh, but it's a great book and a great read. Um, so thank you again to those ladies for coming in and chatting about it. And to you, uh, kind listener, if you want to be part of the book club, have I got a book for you this month? We are reading F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Great Gatsby. Uh, It's a book I've never read. It is an American classic. And for the first time, we have a producer slash engineer reading the book along with you. His name is Sam. Mm -hmm. And he's going to read this book. Now, have you read any of it so far? Yeah, I'm a little bit in. How how many pictures? Yes. Well, you can get the picture version, which is a, a movie, but it's not going to be the same experience. You know, I, I've i wondered that, actually. What? How many of the guests have forgotten and then just watched the movie right before? I, wonder so how I, many... I appreciate that you've you've done books that aren't yeah. often movies. I think uh, The Haunting of Hill House is a movie, but I think that's basically it. Yeah. I think the rest of them are, like, too new. Tenders of Night is a movie like like a PBS thing or something, but that yeah, but yeah, this this movie has been made like three fucking times. Most recently, I guess in really poor fashion by Baz Luhrmann. So uh, avoid that because that's just not the fucking that's not the story that you want to get. Um, F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Great Gatsby. Read it because you were supposed to read it in high school. You were supposed to read it in college, whenever, but you never did, did you? Or maybe you did, and you want to go back to it and enjoy. One of the great American novels ever written. Um, The Great Gatsby is the choice for next month, and I have a great fucking panel coming in, including Sam. So pick it up at your local independent bookstore and read it and share your thoughts with us at readingaloudpodcast at gmail.com and tune into that book club. That'll be the third Friday in February, I think the 19th of February. So you have some time. So go pick up The Great Gatsby and join the book club. I want to give everyone a little bit of an update. I'm taking this literature class. Class starts on Monday. I have 11 books to read in the next 11 weeks. The Great Gatsby is one of those books, and it's due that week, which is why I included it in the the book club. So apologies, but we're going to take this class together. You can follow my progress in this class on, uh, on Twitter, at Reading Aloud Pod. And if you want to join me in reading the books that I'm reading, please do. It's going to be 11 books. There's all, it's uh, the, tw- the, the class is the 20th Century American Novel. Um, and it's through the Harvard Extension School. And I'm watching videos every week and then uh, writing the occasional paper, but just reading a whole lot. Sister Carrie, Maya Antonia, Lolita, The Bell Jar, uh, Beloved, um, Oblivion, uh, White Noise, uh, uh, our, um, what is the Hemingway book about the war? 
arms and the fin and the uh, fusure. What? And there's other books that I'm reading. So um, I'm going to be documenting documenting it as I progress through the fr- the frustration frustrations that I'm going to encounter because I'm forced to read books that I wouldn't other we otherwise read. So I know it's going to be a, a little bit of an uphill battle, but I'm excited to share it with you. Um, anyway. Uh, there's no live show in the near future. So let's get into this episode, this amazing interview with my dear friend, Faye Wolf. Um, she wrote a book and now she's going to talk about it. Here's Faye. Here we are. What are you thinking right now? I really like your shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, for my listeners, I'm wearing a, um, a short sleeve shirt that has, um, Palm trees on it. Would say a palm. Uh, um, uh, what's a melange? Is it a melange of palm? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what either. that word means. I was melange. never a melange. That's what came to me. Like, uh, yeah, like, is it a derivative of the French melange? That's something I certainly don't know. Hmm. What color is it? The salmon. <laughs> I would call it pinkish, a salmon. Salmon reddish. A salmon toward pink. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. With uh, it, someone saw me in this shirt recently and said, "Well, that's." That's not like you. Good for you. <laughs> Pushing the boundaries. I forget who it said like that. looks like vacation, Nate. Yeah, it looks it like does. I'm on vacation. It does. But, but I'm not on vacation. No. But coupled take with it the army yeah. coat, it's it's you're balancing some some things out. Yeah, there's a and there are some parallels, yes. but very few. <laughs> My guest is a friend first and foremost. We met way back in 2000. In New York, where we had piles of friends in common. She is an actor. She is an artist. She is a musician, a singer-songwriter, which we'll get to later, who will cut your heart in half if you allow her to. And, uh, oh, yeah, she's a published author. What led to that? Right. (laughs) She's a professional organizer. Yeah, a gold circle member of the National Association of Professional Organizers. Her book... (laughs) Which is on sale now is called New Order, a decluttering handbook for creative folks and everyone else. Faye Wolf, I love you to pieces, and thank you for coming on Reading Aloud. I love you so many pieces, and thank you for having me. <laughs> the voice of this book, um, I found that it's very much like your own, which is, uh, it is so goddamn supportive. At every instance, you're assuming that the reader may think, like, I can't do it, mm. which are four words that a lot of people live by. Correct. And over and over again, you reassure them that they'll be okay, that it's not impossible, that they can do it. And your voice really comes through in the writing. And I think that that's a testament to you as a writer. So first, congratulations. I thank you so much. That's a, a very high compliment. I'm glad that you felt like I was talking to you. I, um, is that really what the book is? Is about. I mean, it's underneath the t- like this. The headline is that we're going to declutter your life, mm-hmm. but really, what's underneath it is to empower people to. Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That's just that's where we get caught up. I mean, there are just so many stories of well, we can't, we we can't do it, and and we certainly can't do it now. So much time has passed. You know, mm. uh, we're adults, and uh, we already learned how to do all the things w- we've learned how to do. So, oh well, you know, can't move forward here. Habits can't be changed. Right, right. And where we are is where we are, for, yeah. for better or for worse. Right. Except that's not true and not how it has to be. 
um, what I found in my own life, in my clients' lives, we can take small steps and we can get better. And it doesn't have to be this huge, you know, mountain to climb. It's like, just just try this one thing. Yeah. What do you got to lose, buddy? Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's no risk here. Yeah. What was the first time where you 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 had an example of that in your own life? The first time when you said, oh, shit, maybe I can break out of this pattern. Right. Like as an adult. Mm, I mean, there okay. are countless examples of this, I'm sure, throughout your life. But yes. the first time that you saw this within the realm of organizing. Within we, the realm of organizing. Yeah. We felt... So... Well, let's see. Within the realm of organizing, you know, I must say I've obviously learned so much, but I will say that, you know, once my early 20s hit, I kind of just did have a knack for that, Mm. which was unconscious until I started my business and realized it was a real thing that people do to make money. Yeah. But so the organizing, you know, part somewhat came naturally, but I've learned so, so, so much. And what I didn't know at the beginning was how connected it was to the rest of my life and creativity and all that. Right. But I would say what holds people back is the same thing that holds people back from everything else. So I can say that, you know, you know, food in my life is sort of, I joke all the time that, you know, decluttering for other people is how I feel about food and getting started and eating right and doing that kind of thing. And certainly, you know, the inner clutter and and fear that I felt when I first was leaving my apartment, so to speak, with the songs that I had written, because that was such a shock and a scary surprise in my life. Like, that was one of the things that I was like, well, absolutely not. That's that's not something that I right. can change in my life or grow or whatever. So, um, and it's all connected. I mean, I could go off of tangents on how that's connected to organizing, which is of course covered in the book, just in terms of those things having come out of me because I had the sense to literally create a space Mm. for the keyboard, right? (laughs) you know, um, and not put a bunch of shit in my closet. (laughs) where did the like the foundation of the book like where did the idea of the book spawn it spawned originally it came out of a workshop that i designed in uh 2012 which i should have i should have brought the long title to read but I, I i had a ridiculously titled workshop which i probably tried to get you to come to which was called something like you know the 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 Inner clutter, outer clutter, ass-kicking guide to being more creative. Not guide, like workshop to being more creative <laughs> and like getting your shit done. I mean, it was just like this, you know, yeah. thing. Uh, and that was sort of the first time I had the idea of wanting to share with a larger group of people the connections that I was starting to make between decluttering and creativity and productivity and seeing those connections uh, mm. more clearly and more on the surface in my clients' lives in my own life. Um, so I made that workshop and 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 did that, you know, a bunch throughout the year. And people were like, oh, this is this is awesome. And um, one of the notes I got, though, was like, you know, it's a little hippie. Um, and maybe you should, like, lead with the decluttering part, like uh-huh. the how-to part, mm-hmm. you know, the very basic steps. And then maybe, like, throw in, you know, all the other spiritual. <laughs> you say it at, like, the very end of the book. I'm not sure what page it's on, but you're like – were you surprised? Oh, I uh, didn't know you were reading a hippie self-help book this whole time. Surprise! <laughs> Correct. It's such a Correct. but it's a big part of uh, it's a big part of your 
your specific um uh your uh, stand yeah, yeah your style yeah. of 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 organizing right you tie it into the personal it's it's inherently all connected and yeah. i think to pretend otherwise is you know shooting ourselves in the foot a little bit i mean i mean you got to believe it's possible it's like yeah. all that stuff that you want to roll your eyes at but it's like well if you don't believe that you can clear out your closet right. and you know be happy because of it then then it's going to be harder to do what's the biggest thing that your clients the one thing that you always get when you're you meet a new client this is the one thing that they always bring up that they want to change hmm excuse me they did all, you fart i i i didn't fart i i it sounded like a burp but it was like a it was like the water like making its way down your throat down my throat right down my throat a throat fart a throat <laughs> thank you you're welcome thank you for that yep uh you know people are overwhelmed people don't know where to start mm. people don't know how to take the first step and they're very 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 afraid of doing it wrong because they feel they've been told that Ugh. there's you know there's the you have to be perfect. Uh, you have to get straight A's. You have to do it right. Ugh. And I think that we've grown up thinking that organization and productivity fall into that category of thing, of, mm. you know, being the best student, being yeah. that kind of person. And I want to say poo-poo, shitty-shitty yeah. yeah. on that thing. Um, and that's fine if you're that kind of person. But I only started becoming a happier person actually, you know, years into having my organizing business when I started loosening up on perfectionism stuff. Mm. So I think that, you know, people, when they come to me, it's this fear and overwhelm of, I, I just yeah. don't know how to do it. I know that I feel bad. I know yeah. that I feel bad. I know it's making me feel bad. I know that when I walk in the door and I see, see a pile of crap, I do not feel good. How do I feel good? Right. So, you know, obviously sometimes it's my closet is the worst thing. My garage is the worst thing. Um, I haven't been doing the hobby that I've always said I wanted to do. I haven't been making the art that I've always yes. said that I wanted to do. Yes. Um, but then, you know, I, I help people then with those actual action steps. Yeah. And then all the other stuff sort of falls into place. You go into um, purging. One of the first things that I found in the book is that the rule for purging is incredibly simple. If you don't use and or love it, and I mean super duper love it, it would fall into a deep depression if it was gone, then you must let go of it and move forward with a less cluttered, more blissful life. Cool? <laughs> yes, that's cool. Cool, guys. What's cool. the, what, the, how come people won't throw away that um, piece of newspaper? Uh, oh, so many things. Uh, money is a huge one. It was purchased and therefore uh, it must be used or it must stick around so that I really get my money's worth. Now you're talking about older people who lived through the depression <laughs> when you're talking about this. Well, no, I think that- No, uh, people in their 20s yes. and 30s and 40s. Uh, yeah, 
I am talking about, and obviously it's it's come from a lot of that and been passed down. Yes. So it is certainly not an easy habit to break. Yep. It is major and it deserves that weight. So yeah. it's not like, oh, just, hey, just get rid of it. Don't worry about it. Right. It's like, no, no, no. I understand that this is going to be a process for you. Right. But the way to get better at that process is to practice and to just like, you know, so if you can't get rid of 50 things today, just get rid of one right. and just try. But, uh, you know, people, we, we, I've done it a million times. You hang on to like uh, an expensive dress that I bought because it was so expensive, never worn it, never liked how it looks on me. Huh. And then it's just hanging out there, reminding me uh. of, of, and making me feel shame yeah. for what I've done. Right. When uh, take removing it from my life, but then I never think about it again. Right. But then you have to negotiate the shame of thinking, I made a mistake in getting this mm -hmm. and I have to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And so people don't want to face that, hey, brother, you made a mistake when you bought this pair of shoes. But it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be a mistake. You know, that's the thing. I think the subconscious is like, we made a mistake. We're bad. Yeah, I immediately we did something jumped to wrong. it. <laughs> no, 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 no. mistake. No. But then self. like forgiving yourself and being like, oh, it's a very normal thing as a human being to buy stuff, you know? Yeah. And then like your life changes or your body changes or your desires change. And it's like, okay, move it on. Yeah. Can we, uh, this is, this is not under the purview of being a professional organizer, but it's something that you have to negotiate all the time with your clients. This need to buy this need to mm -hmm. consume. Um, I saw a book online recently, like what, I forget where it was. Um, where it was getting into the science of why we buy. Mm, right. Why? And I feel it all the time. Yeah. Especially when I'm I'm down or I'm frustrated yep. or I'm bored or uh, I, I'm not uh, I'm not active actively like working on a task. Right. Um, I feel like God. You know what would feel good would be get into the car mm -hmm. and drive to a store and t and and give them money and take yes. something home. Yes. Like that would make me feel better. Yep. And where is that? What is the foundation of that? It works for me too. Sometimes, yeah, you know, sure. I cannot, I cannot de deny that that feeds me as well. Sometimes, yeah, for sure. Um, I think that you know, there's a line for everyone. You know, it does feel nice to treat yourself sometimes to things and to allow yourself that. You know, I went mm -hmm. to Crossroads the other day and I bought a dress that made me feel great about myself. And I'm, you know, I'm allowed to do that. Yes. Uh, when it becomes, what's the word, a, a an addiction, mm -hmm. um, when, you know, when you bring it home, when it's like a high and then a crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you immediately sort of look at the item and you're like, uh, okay, you know, I smoked that cigarette and now I feel like, you know. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so, you know, different people have to check in with themselves about that. And also it just comes back to like, how do you feel in your space? Like, mm -hmm. it, is that behavior serving you or do you know that something's wrong with it? Because mm. basically it's just, it, it, that's what it's going to come down to. It's just empty calories. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I want to get back to um, about letting go, letting go of things because yeah. it's about the tangible of letting go of an actual item. But I think there's, it's so much more about... Um, when you're in your garage or office or uh, your crawl space, <laughs> wherever, and you're getting rid of things that are still there that should have been removed from your life days, weeks, months, years before, sure. there's so much um, – 
There's so many emotions affiliated with these items. Yeah. So how, like for, uh, yeah. I wonder. I wonder why. Um, if it's a picture of, give me an example of yeah. someone not being able to throw something away. That the, another person would walk into the room and go, oh, I'm going to just crinkle this up and throw it away. Oh, yeah. I mean, that happens all the time. Uh, and I think that's such an important thing as an organizer, which I which I had a sense of when I started, but, what, but you know, really have a lot more experience with that now. And what I had said from the beginning for myself and I knew was important and I had been taught was, you know, even if it's a pen cap, you need to ask permission to throw it out. Because a pen cap could be, yeah. you know, the grandfather's pen cap from the war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, and sometimes the reason isn't that good, in my opinion, but that's not for me to judge. When do you, when do you, when do you push back and right. say? So I do push back. I do push back and I push back a lot and I can certainly be a bit of a drill sergeant and not even a drill sergeant all the time. Sometimes you, you know, just like we're having a conversation and you just kind of needed that extra person that you never had to be like, oh, hey, you're keeping this for this reason. Yeah, and well, then, this is the paper. I wrote this paper. I was a junior in college. Yeah. And I wrote this paper and I wrote it with with Terry. Right. And Terry and I were in love with each other at the time. Yeah. And we, we co-wrote it together and it was my first A. Mm-hmm. Look, look, look at right there. And I would say, I mean, to this, to that specific example, yep. you know, I would say, does that make you feel great? And, you know, and if you were to say yes, I'm like, keep it, you know, keep that. I'm very, I'm very lenient about memorabilia in general. My problem is mm, when it's like, memorabilia. you know, you know, 40 stuffed animals living on your adult bed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's not when, memorabilia. That's when we have a check-in. That's yeah. when we have a check-in. Yeah. You know? Oh, shit. I didn't even <laughs> thought about that. I'm only, un- unless, no, I don't want to play, I don't no, even want to play devil's even, advocate here. There is a devil's, I mean, there's always a devil's advocate. Sure. Even that I don't want to judge, uh, you know, with just my, my quick view oh, of it. Shit. But it really, it really depends on person yeah. to person. Why would that person, so the person is, is 36. Yep. And... Lives alone, mm-hmm. and their queen size bed is covered yeah. in um, Disney themed like princess dolls or whatever. Right. How come? And do they want? Are they coming to you to give them permission to move it, or are they like, wait, many what? Times. I didn't. Oh, okay. Many times, I have been oh in gosh. many many sessions over the years where I've simply been called for permission for things that people Mm. have known in their gut that they've wanted to change. And within 10 minutes of me saying, oh, absolutely, you can get rid of that. It's like, that's all, you know, sometimes people not even living in spaces that are that decluttered, you know, or excuse me, that cluttered from the outside perspective. Um, it's a lot about it's a lot about permission, a lot about giving ourselves permission because I think that there's no clear crossover to adulthood. I mean, like we don't know at eighteen yeah. that we're actually allowed to do really anything with our lives. Like I have to remind myself that every day. Like, oh, you're allowed to <laughs> go to the store and like go get a drink or like you know, yeah, get rid of this pot that this person gave you. I don't mean marijuana pot. I mean a kitchen pot. Um, 
That's what was in the brain. Too. But that too. Uh, you know, the old pot laying around. You could throw that you out. You're allowed to throw it out. You don't have to keep it around just because it's drugs. I have organized people's drug drug drawers. Drug drawers? Drug drawers. Drug drawers. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Drug drawers. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that answered the question you were asking. Well, I, I, it's an, I could, we could spend an hour on it I because mean, it's so much about um, people's pasts and yeah. and really their um, like self like you need permission like some in in your brain whether it's mom or grandma or whatever something has been passed down to you mm-hmm. saying no right and you need to reach re uh, rejigger yeah recalibrate yeah and. Accept that it's okay to do something that, quote unquote, wasn't okay. Right. When you when your brain was still developing. Right. Basically, that is a brilliant way to put it. Yep. It's uh. Yep. It's your. I mean, well, we can, we're getting into. I want to get into this later, but so much of your work is is um, is therapy. I mean, you're doing so much therapeutic work on people's like well beings, like that. I feel like when you came over, Faye came over to my house and we worked on my kitchen. Um, and then we worked on in my office and there were a couple moments when I was holding something in my hand Yeah, and, <laughs> and most of it was tied like to love mm. and wondering why I still had this fucking thing Right. when the person associated with that thing, I don't care about. And yet what that thing signified to me was mm-hmm. a moment in time right. when I did care. Right. And that. It what is it is is um, was uh oh <laughs> life is really twisted. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a full. Um, I had a couple of moments like that in my office where I had things in my hand, and you were like, "No, you you throw that out. Yeah, it's okay to throw that out. Yeah, yeah, it's okay to yeah." I was like, "Shit, okay, yeah, yeah." Of course it is. Right. And so that was me uh, asking for, for permission. Right. And 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 yes, thank you. And what I, if you if you don't mind me saying, I think you know, you're asking about these specific items and I and I do want to make that clear about memorabilia if it's truly important to you, but as you can attest to, there were also a like there's just always so much stuff like yeah. 90% of it is like garbage. Oh, yeah. It's not even a thought. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. of course that's gonna go. You yeah. know? Every animal you pick up your hand isn't like, oh God. Right. No. Right. It's quite the opposite. Yes, exactly. Um, so it's not all, you know, it's not like you're going to all the deep dark places. Yeah. And that it's always about that. Right. Right. Yeah. Um fun to talk about that. Uh, oh, you know I like to go dark. <laughs> <laughs> uh timers. This is a recurring thing in the book. Mm-hmm. You um you bring up timers as being like an imperative to uh, give me an example of a, a timer improving the quality of your life well, and your ability to be creative. I will say that I wrote the entire book on a timer. Wow. And I I would have procrastinated to right. higher much higher levels. Mm. And be- uh, I mean, I procrastinated oh, so like a fucking Jesus Christ. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's 4 p.m. Supposed to be a writing day. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. And the only thing that would get me to start was to press start um, on the wow. timer. Uh, Saying that you had 
30 minutes of writing. Yeah, I would do a um, uh, mm. I do this thing called Pomodoro timer, which is 25 minute increments okay. with a five minute break. And is this an app? It's an well, basically, it's a technique. Uh, okay. So you can go to pomodorotechnique.com to learn so much more about it. They are not paying me. Um, but <laughs> there are all these third party apps that are just the timer. So I use a website that's called tomato-timer.com, uh-huh. which is literally just a web page where you press start for 25 minutes. Wow. So I would use that in coffee shops, in my own house, I, on my phone, if I was like on the laptop, on the couch. Like I would just, um, it was great. It was and it great. worked. Oh my gosh. We wouldn't be sitting here. We wouldn't be sitting here. Wow. Um, obviously, you know, I'm sure most books are not written on timers, but, um, you know, in terms of decluttering for yourself, I think, you know, I want to encourage people to do it themselves. It's amazing to hire a professional organizer. If you need that and want that and can afford that, go for it. If you can't or don't or whatever and want to do this yourself, which is completely possible, it may help you mm-hmm. to fight the procrastination by setting a timer. Right. And it's also going to help you uh, take breaks, remember to eat, you know, not because I, I know we we all have this thing where it's like, let's go, 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 go. Let's get it done. Let's do this like seven-hour marathon. I don't need to eat. I don't need to drink water, you know. Yeah. Like, let's just get it done. And it's like, okay, you can take some breaks. And um, that's actually going to make your energy last longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to um, take a brief music break, if that's okay. I hate music, so. I know. <laughs> I get it. Me too. <laughs> but my listeners um, my listeners love music. So um, Faye is also a singer-songwriter, and I want to talk to her about that. But before we do, I want to play a song that she wrote. It's on an album called Blankets, which it's came out. Song? Yes, of course it's your song. <laughs> <laughs> it came out a couple of years ago. Um, you can find it online, find it on iTunes. You can find it on Spotify. It exists. Uh, this is off um, the album Blankets, and it's a song called The Beginning of Anne.
That's a song called The Beginning of Anne, which Faye Wolf wrote and performed. Nate. Who do you think? It's nice of you to play that. Who do you think you are? Who? (laughs) Being this person who can do so many different things. You stop it. You should speak for your. Who do you think you are? Who do you think? Who do you think with your podcasts and your acting and your comedians and your readings? All those little voices (laughs) in your head said. You're not a performer. You're not a you're not a you're a performer, but you're not a musician. Oh yeah, they did. I'm not going I can't do this. Nope. Uh, nope, you are not a musician. There are other people who are professional musicians and have cl- tr- and are trained mm-hmm. and have, are devoted their entire lives to this creative passion. Yep. And I'm coming at this compared to them late. Oh yeah. I don't deserve to be here. Correct. So h- how did you shut that voice oh, up? Oh man. Uh I it 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 oof. I was kind of forced out of my apartment 
uh, you know, you had a hand in that. John Forrest had a hand in that. Mm. Zibby Allen had a hand in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, John scheduled me my first gig behind my back. And um, wow, that a Tangier, a Tangier, yeah, yeah, in 2008, yeah, and I think uh, I was there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you were. It was mm-hmm. a it was a half hour set of like five to six songs that I wrote in my closet. I was scared shitless, <laughs> uh, like I still am every time I play, and uh, and you know I was definitely as you said. I, I I mean I was literally saying it out loud as if it wasn't a bad thing to say. I am not a musician. I you know right yeah which is like. Before you get to the point of realizing, oh, maybe I shouldn't say this, you're in that place where you like think nothing's wrong for saying I'm not a writer, which is what I've you know said my whole life. Yeah, I'm still saying that. <sighs> I'm, oh. Yeah. The, yep. Please stop. Please stop what? Please stop saying that. <sighs> but but I I, uh... I Nate I like I no one's more shocked like things that have happened over the past, you know, one year to eight years that I am. I literally told myself my entire life, A, you are not a songwriter, and B, you are not a writer of any kind. And so, it's, you know, jokes on, jokes on, jokes on the world. Uh, yep. I walked into Barnes & Noble the other day and bought my fucking book. So you're a writer, you know, we're all creators, we're all artists, and – you know, the musician thing started to take a turn. I'd gotten in touch with uh, the one person I knew in the music industry, uh, John Granite, and who I knew from Hippie Summer Camp in Western Massachusetts, which was one of the greatest times of my life. Actually, I'm wearing the T-shirt right now, um, Row Camp. And I had gotten back in touch with him. We were sort of a little bit in touch, and I was like, hey – I don't know what I'm doing, but I think I'm started writing some songs. I don't need you to do anything for me because I'm not a musician and I'm not trying to break into the music industry. Yeah. But because you're the only person I know who's not an actor, um, you know, and knows like maybe a little bit about that sort of music, will you listen to this stuff? Yeah. And, you know, he listened to these shitty recordings I had made on my iPhone or you know, I don't know what we were using at that point. Uh, and he was, he was like, it's all right. Kind of brutal. Or he was like, he was kind of like, eh, it's all right. You know, and I was like, okay, I'm, thank you for saying that. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to play this show if you want to come, you know, no pressure. And then um, this story is almost over. And then he came to my first show, which you were at. And, uh, and he was like, oh, those recordings that you sent me were just like super shittily recorded. Um, and I think that you are a musician and, um, long story short, we, you know, he's, he's, he's my manager and we, we started doing it for real. You were asking him for permission. Yeah. For him to say you were a musician, a musician. Yeah. Cause your brain wouldn't allow you to say it. Yeah. Yeah. And it still took me a while after that. I bet. Yeah. Um, we talk about decluttering rooms. Mm-hmm. There's also electronic decluttering. You bet. How? 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 Decluttering and how come? one's email, Oof. which is a can be a fucking disaster because mm-hmm. it doesn't look messy. It's just a number. Yeah. It's just zeros and ones. But 
really, if you looked at it in a literal way, it's like there are papers everywhere. Exactly. How do you, how can you, how, what's, what's your first step in tidying up? Unsubscribe. Okay. All right. Unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's step one for sure. I feel like I unsubscribe to something every day. Yeah. Almost. Mm-hmm. And something else pops, whatever. Yes. That's, yes. When you buy something online. Correct. You're going to get shit. That back is correct. To you. Yes. You have to be very, uh, diligent. You know, sometimes when you're buying something, there's like a box to, to uncheck. Yes. You know, do not sign me up for yeah. offers. And Promotional whatever. offers. Exactly. Right. And sometimes they add you without your permission. Uh, that happens a lot as well. Yep. Um, and so, you know, every time I reorder my foundation from Sephora or whatever, yep. I always have to go back and that first email I get, just unsubscribe. Um, but there are, you know, when you're sort of starting fresh, there are ways to do a mass unsubscribe in a with amazing, there are amazing apps for that. Ooh, wow. Yeah. So you don't actually have to, you know, there's a manual part of it on yeah, a daily yeah. basis, but to do like a big wipe, yeah. there's a way to do that. Wow. Oh, yeah. Holy it shit. It feels so good. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm, actually, I'm surprised that that actually exists. That's fucking It exists. Hardcore. There are a couple apps. Um, one's called Unroll.me. One's called Maelstrom. And uh, they they really get the job done. And you know, you know, with apps, with all these apps that I that I recommend and and that are out there, you know, I can only vouch for them as far as what they've done for me. Yes, you have to you know give them permission to read your email and be in your Gmail all up. Yeah, in right. Your grill and stuff. So that's you know, be that's as secure side. as mm-hmm. as possible is mm-hmm. is the disclaimer there. But I certainly you know have used that stuff and it's, it, it works. You talk, that's step one. Yeah. You talk about, um, passwords a lot about yeah. how to, um, manage passwords for online accounts. And that's something that I have trouble with every day. It's something I'm like, oh, I just need to fucking write all this shit down, mm-hmm. make a bunch of nonsense passwords because my passwords, I need to be, I need to be better. It's, do- it's going to help you. It's going to help you. And it's all that's, I mean, Right. You saying that just sort of makes me think with all of this, like, it's it's not just like, I need to be better at that. It's like, oh, I, I, I want to be better at that because it's going to make me feel, yeah. you know. There's a return in this yeah, investment. Yeah, Me it's feeling like better. For, yeah, for us. So the passwords, again, I use 1Password. That's the that's what the app's called. There's also one called LastPass. You know, there's a ton mm. of, there's so many apps out there that yeah. are just so great. And honestly, I cannot keep up with all of them. Um, but... 1Password is an app that I use uh, several times a day. It is there, you know, it's built into my Chrome browser. Mm. So it's one of those things where like I show up on the website and then I just, you know, click the the button. Yep. And the way that works is basically that you choose one master password, right? So that's, that's your one password. And then what the app does is then choose different and very strong passwords 
for all the websites you use. So that one password isn't the password that you're using right. for your Gmail. Right. It's just what gets you into the app. And then the app stores and, you know, comes up with 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 stuff and, you know, it syncs with your phone. And but it's, you're trusting that this app is not going to reveal that ma- those master passwords. That's, there's a lot of trust in there. You know, we're also yeah. trusting that Google is... <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, please. They know everything. There's a lot of trust out there. Yeah, of course. Of um, course, yeah. So I, I usually, with all that, I'm just like, well... Can't go back now. Yeah, exactly. Everything is known. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's in your bushes spying on you. Correct. Uh, shredding. What we, What should we sh- shred? Why should we shred it? Mm-hmm. And how should we, should we shred it? How should we shred it? Yep. Uh, carefully. Very carefully. Um, <laughs> so shredding is another thing that uh, I was going to say I'm lenient on. I'm, I'm the opposite of lenient on in my own life. I... Uh, I like to keep numbers private when I have the control to do that. Numbers, bank yeah, numbers, bank account numbers, numbers. But I also like to keep like personal notes uh, private. Yeah. And if someone has mailed me something, I don't mm. want to put an envelope in the recycle bin that has their uh, address on it mm-hmm. just because I'm a yeah. little, you know, freaky in that regard. Right. So I shred almost everything. Mm. And when I say I shred it, I mean I put it in a bin and because of my profession, excuse me, I, you know, take clients shredding as well and have them sign a shredding waiver. And so I wait till I, you know, have accumulated a bunch and then I take it to Goodwill Shredding over on the east side of town. Oh. Um, now not everyone has a Goodwill Shredding in their town. Uh, so you can own a shredder. How much does a, does a shredder cost? You know, I would get fifty bucks. One, or something? Yeah, I would get one that's more in that range if you can, because like the fifteen dollar ones tend to break down mm-hmm. pretty easily and overheat. Um, so if that's what you want to do, then the key is actually to do it in smaller bites and to not fill up a big bin. Right. So you'd want to, you know, if you're doing it manually, do it. Uh, a little at a time. Um, you know, a lot of people work at places where they can bring in shredding staples and places mm. like that offer shredding services where you can take in a box. Mm. And again, there's a trust factor there, but you know, it goes in this locked box and you just say, you know, I'm just going to surrender. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the other option is, well, two other things I'll say is you can rip it up yourself and put it in the recycle bin. Some people are cool with that. And the other thing is, like, you might not even care that much. And that's totally cool, too. You know, I don't know how likely it is that people are going through the trash these days and doing all that stuff unless you have a real, you know, reason to believe that that's going on. So it's really a comfort level with yourself. For me, I heard one story of that happening. Mm-hmm. Like that happened to my brother in New York. Like his, mm. his neighbor was going through their garbage mm. and he caught him doing it. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, oh, no, oh, no I, th- I thought I put something oh, in, the, in the wrong bin. He's like, stay the fuck out of my garbage. That's correct, sir. And uh, to me, now that like I have that fear, like every so often there will be some sort of like a homeless guy or gal in my neighborhood sifting, going through my blue bin. Mm-hmm. And and that's my recycling bin. So there's yeah, all, along paper. with, there's paper in there. Yep. And I'm, I'm trusting that he or she is not taking some piece of paper that may have sensitive material on it and, right. and selling it to someone who understands how to yeah. get into my bank account. But still that's fear exists. Yeah. So I, you taught me a lot about shredding when you came over and helped me with my office because I was became like I shredded everything. Cool. Now it's yeah. Um, 
grateful. Um, it can, yeah, just be a new habit that doesn't yeah. have to feel like, oh, I have to do this now. And it's just like, oh, no, I'd, I'd feel better if I did that. Um, there's a uh, there's a chapter dedicated to human contact. Yes. And reasons you may be keeping humans at bay. Mm-hmm. Um, some of us keep other humans um, away from us. There's a brilliant, you know, like I don't, sometimes you just got to stay away from other humans. <laughs> There's a, the illustrations in this book are fucking great, by the way. Oh, I'm so glad that you think so. They're There's, done by my friend, Jeremy Gates, who's so fucking talented. Jeremy Gates is a rock star. Yeah. Um, there's, there are these simple sort of like, um, genderless creatures. One is a guitar and one is a guitar case. And one of them says, you scare me. And that's what they're thinking in the thought bubble. And the other person is looking back saying, dude, you scare me too. <laughs> um, the fear of reaching out a few reasons you might be keeping other humans at bay. They won't like my work. They won't like the ideas I come up with. They won't have time. I don't have the cash to pay collaborators or fund a project. If this doesn't work out, I'll feel guilty about it and or they'll hate my guts. If we create something for profit, it'll be weird to figure out how to split the proceeds fairly. Or that fancy person is probably totally satisfied in life and surely too busy for anything else. So it's not worth looking like an idiot and asking if I can create with them or learn from them. Hmm. And then you have a solution to that. What is that solution? <laughs> the solution is to play out the worst case scenario. Right. And do it anyway. Right. Do it anyway. Because that worst case is is uh, not going to happen. Yeah. 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 And it's like, you know, we're here. We're here, guys. Yeah. We're here. Let's, let's, let's reach out to each other. Yeah. And- Let's, take that risk of having let's a, make things together. Yeah, and let's that's help okay. Each other. Yeah. Um, towards the end of the book, uh, there's a passage called "For fuck's sake, believe." <laughs> um, if you don't believe that any of these glorious changes are possible, then we can all just go home to our cluttered homes at that. And and pretending that all our psychological junk isn't a part of every step in this process is ignoring the heart of the matter. That said, the practice of believing ain't always easy. So don't beat yourself up if those naysaying voices toy with your emotions on a regular basis. I, I guess I, I, I kind of want to close with how best to combat those voices that are always uh, tapping you on the shoulder. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, there's sort of these like major dish, uh, major definitions of um, you know therapy and 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 coaching. I don't know if you're familiar, like you know, like therapy, which are both I, I believe in both of them very heavily. But therapy is you know sort of like dealing with all that stuff and looking into the past and and figuring figuring out reasons why you might feel this way and and you know the coaching mo- model is more. Uh, yeah, okay, cool. That happened. Fine. Just take some action, you know? Mm. So I Mm. think that, you know, taking that action is the way to do it. I mean, is the way to just move through it. Like, even if you're not ready for it, just say, okay, well, I'm just going to spend 20 minutes doing this, even though I feel crazy. You can feel crazy while you're doing it. I, I'm going to bet you that you're going to stop feeling, you know, those feelings about three minutes in. Mm. Um, mm. But 
you know, it's not all or nothing. It's like right. it's not like we're just going to wake up and and be organized. You know, it's not like you're going to read this book and like then be this different person overnight yeah. or yeah. your house is going to be this like magazine layout right. situation. But you can spend like five minutes clearing off your um you know, bedside table, or you can make that one phone call that you've been putting off for two years. Ugh. I mean, the amount of that stuff that oh I've, God. it's just like, oh, just call that person and say, thank. I mean, not even in the realm of decluttering all the time, yeah, yeah, just yeah. like call that person and tell them, thank you for that thing or return that, you know, item to that person. You know, it's everything in life. It's just kind of like, just do it. Like yeah. it's so much worse to like think about how you have not you're not doing it than just to do it. So much wasted time and energy. Yeah. Um it's always worse in our head. It's always worse in our head. Oh man. I'm going down my own rabbit holes. No, I get it. <laughs> Faye Wolf wrote a book. It's called New Order, a decluttering handbook for creative folks and everyone else. Valentine Books published it. You can get it anywhere. You can find it at uh, your website. Sure. What's that? I have a clutter of websites, Nate. Uh, my main <laughs> website is feywolf.com. My organizing, decluttering specific website is neworderlove.com. And my music website is feywolfmusic.com. Are you available to take on new clients? I am not right now. I, I must say, I, I'm, I'm certainly dedicating the next few months to, you know, telling the world about this book. Yeah. And I think that perhaps when I return with clients, it, it may be more in a consulting ca capacity. Mm -hmm. um, and dot, dot, dot. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, we've had so, so, so many conversations <laughs> over the years about our lives. Yeah, we have. And, um, you, Faye, are the friend uh, that I go to like first when I am in need. Mm. So allow me to um, thank you for being such a stout friend oh and uh, defender of me and my choices. Um, to the death, Chords, yeah. to the death. Yeah, you know I adore you. I love you so much. Um, you dedicated this book to your dad, Herman. Would, would I have gotten along with him? Oh, my God. Thick as thieves. Really? Thick as thieves, you no and Herman kidding. Wolf. Really? Oh, my goodness. What would we would have, like, if I visited your house in oh. Connecticut, what would we have done oh, together? Oh, he would have showed you books about Buckminster Fuller, and, like, you would have sat in the sitting room just reading together. Wow. For the whole day. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. And then he would, you know, crack a joke that you wouldn't have thought would have come out of, a, of an older man, because <laughs> um, he was, you know, he was much older than all the other dads. And, uh, you know, if, if you were like, not that you smoke cigarettes, but if you were like, you know, I'm going to go smoke a butt outside, he would have been like, you know, okay, you do, you do that. I'm not going to tell, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> he would have just been like, he was cool. I mean, he was just like the cool dad. Yeah. 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 He was the cool dad. And yeah. he, he read a lot. Mm. He read a lot. I didn't know that about him. Yeah. Uh, Faye Wolf wrote a book, and you should go buy it. It's called New Order, Decluttering Handbook for Creative Folks. Thank you so much, Faye. I love you to death. Thank you. I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's a real love fest with that one. Um, 
So <laughs> I just can't contain my love. We we've been friends for so many years, and uh, she's just one of those people in my life that I that I uh, need. Uh, so thanks again, Faye Wolf, and go get her book. It's called New Order. Um, she's just a wonderfully bright and articulate person who understands. Um, uh, I don't know. She just like lives and breathes empathy, um, and she wants to help you. So uh, let her help you improve your life. Also, after you get her book, and she's going to improve your life, go pick up The Great Gatsby. F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote it. He was a drunk, but he was a very good writer. He went to Princeton, and he died not far from here. He was at the Pantages Theater. Which Wait, is, really? Which is less than a mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right down the road. Right down the road. He was at the Pantages. He collapsed in the lobby with a girlfriend. And he's like, oh, my God, everyone's looking at me. This is, this is how I'm going to die. Took him to his apartment or, or his hotel, and he died later in his hotel, For not sure. far from here in Hollywood. Um, but he wrote uh, some really good books because he was a good writer, aside from being a notorious drunk. The Great Gatsby, go pick it up. And the book that I had tried to remember earlier in the introduction to the show, uh, the Ernest Hemingway, is called? Uh, Farewell to Arms. Thank you so much, Sam. Yeah. Uh, so thanks so much for listening to another episode of Reading Aloud. My name is Nate Cordry. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm Nate Cordry, or follow the show as well. Please follow the show, Reading Aloud Pod. And I'm going to give you updates on uh, on the next book club, the books that I'm reading for this literature class, and the upcoming um, guests on the show. Lindsay Sterling is going to be on the show very soon, as is Sasha Pfeiffer. Sasha Pfeiffer uh, is portrayed in the movie Spotlight by Rachel McAdams. She's the Boston Globe reporter that won a Pulitzer Prize uh, in 2002. Uh, so there's a lot of great interviews coming up, so stay tuned. So thanks so much for listening to another episode of Reading Aloud, and we'll see you very soon. Oh, you hit me like a hurricane! Merry Christmas! I'm Ho-Ho, the naughty elf, and I know it's not Christmas, so I don't give a shit. I live at the North Pole where I have to make duck toys for shitty kids and it makes me wish I could kill myself, but I'm immortal! See you forever. The only thing that keeps me going is my favorite podcast with special guest Lauren Lapkus. Oh, it's so good. I love it. I want to marry it. Every week's like a whole new show where a different comedian is the host and Lauren is the guest. It makes me so excited I want to kill a cat and Get its bones and eat them for dinner. Yum. Anyways, listen to this clip. Your gaze is so (laughs) judgmental. No, I just, no. Inside, you have a perfect body. You just don't take care of it. If we could just carve you out of there, we'd have a perfect statue. But you down those flaming hot Cheetos and don't. They're disgusting. So good. You talk about my tan hands. Well, you have red fingers. That's the sign of a true snacker. Did you like that? Did ya? You'd better like it or this year Santa's coming down your chimney and dumping coal over your dumbass house. I can make him do that. Check out with special guest Lauren Lapkus today at Earwolf.com on Howl or your favorite podcast app, you dumb little butthole. Ho ho! Pop. This has been a Wolf Pop production. Executive produced by Paul Shear, Adam Sachs, Chris Bannon, and Matt Gorley. 
For more information and content, visit wolfpop.com.